This is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. This is, will be episode 178. I'm bringing out from the archives, Christmas Beers. I don't know if you remember this one, but it was uh, our original episode number 74. I bring out the Sahara Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. And Josh brings out Delirium Noel. And, you know, it's that time of year. I hope that everyone enjoyed our last episode, which was 157, the Thanksgiving Wines. Marie, Josh, and I had such a great time on that one, and I hope you enjoyed it. We got that out before Thanksgiving, so you could listen to our episode, listen to the foods we had that were simulating our Thanksgiving dinner, and then the different wines. And I hope you enjoyed that one. And I hope you enjoy this one. It, You know, beers and Christmas may not be your forte, but there's some really good Christmas beers out there, and these are two that I think you'd enjoy. And I just want you to enjoy it. I hope that uh, you're kind of out there still on the socials. We're not doing too much because, uh, you know, it's difficult for Josh and I to get together. And, you know, we're just so busy, and he's, he's loving his job up there in, in Montana. And I'm loving being retired, and, you know, I've done a lot of travel. In fact, uh, I traveled to Montana just a couple weeks ago just to see Josh and hang out with him. Keep us in mind. We're here uh, thinking about you guys. Hope you're thinking about us, and hope you're having a happy holiday season. This is John Mills, and don't forget, we're thinking of you, and we're out there on the socials. This is John Mills, and as always... Thank you and goodbye. Hope you enjoyed this episode from the archives, The Christmas Beers. This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you back. I am really happy to be back on a, another episode as we are here for a beer week. Woohoo, I like beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's been a really fun time. I hope you enjoyed the Thanksgiving wines. Uh, We tried to get that one out early for you guys so that you could have some time to go buy the wines. I hope I didn't sound like the Supreme Court justice. I have no idea what that's (laughs) referencing. Okay, good. (laughs) Okay, maybe our listeners don't either. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, we are back with a beer week and we are doing Christmas beers or holiday, holiday ales. So, Dad, what are you doing and what snacks do you have for this week? I'm doing the Sierra Nevada Celebration, and sometimes people just call it a holiday or a Christmas, but it is an IPA. And then for my snacks, I have a blueberry compote. I did a baked brie to go with that blueberry compote. And then I have a very special kind of honey that I brought back from Italy, which is chestnut honey. And so we'll get to try both of those on the brie. And then I have... Green bean bundles with bacon, of course. Okay. And then I have little gingerbread men cookies. And oh. There's, there's uh, sugar on top of Okay, really cool. Well, for me, I'm going to hop over the ocean, and I've got a, a Belgian Christmas ale with us. I have the Delirium Noel. I know I said I was going to do the St. Bernardus Christmas ale, but we're recording this a little bit before all the Christmas ales have hit our market. And this was one of the ones that was there. I've had it before. It's really, really good. 
it's like I said, it's the Delirium Noel. And as my pairings, I have some really sharp kind of eight KJ cheese. I have sausage rolls. And then I have some braised short ribs. All right. And sausage rolls is one of our traditions for Christmas. It is, and that was that was kind of why I did it. But okay. as we before we get into all this wonderfulness, there was a blind last week. There was a blind. Let's the see. It's been so long ago. Let's see. It was a wine blind. I blinded you on a wine. It was. Do you remember what you said it was? Yes. I said it was a Pinot Grigio. From? From Italy. Because you said Grigio. Because I said Grigio. Not Grigio. It was a Pinot Grigio from uh, Italy. Well, Josh, you nailed that one. That was a 100% perfect. That was uh, fun to listen to you work all the way through it and then end up, you said, oh, world. And I was going, okay, he's got, he's got it narrowed down to the, at least old world and then boom 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 italy pina grigio ta-da yeah it was a it was a fun one to do so you know i after we got off the episode i told us so i said well it's cold wet and alcoholic and that's kind of a a thing with pina grigio is sometimes there's not a lot there and with there when there's not a lot there that can kind of guide you to it being possibly a pina grigio well and you were saying you were getting some um tree fruit yeah. And I got some green apple, and I forget exactly what you said, but yeah, but that kind of helps with it. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was a great, it was a great one. So do you remember which one? Was it the Santa Margarita? Yes, it was. So a really, really popular one. Right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the beers. We're going to start with mine, the Belgian, the Delirium Noel. This is from the brewery called Delirium. Uh, you may know these beers because they have a pink elephant on them. Yeah, it's very distinctive if you're looking for, for beer and you see a pink elephant. There it is. That's yeah. delirium. Yeah, and the other one that they do that a lot of people know is called Celebrator. And okay. it has a goat. Okay. It has a goat on it. But we're going to do, we got the their Christmas version and then the snacks are we have an extra sharp caged a cheddar. We have some sausage rolls and then a braised short rib. So is there any particular order? Um, I mean, I guess, no, not really. Not really, kinda, okay. Kind of go at it however you want. All right. So this beer, like I said, is a Belgian beer. It comes from a brewery called Delirium. And they don't really talk about this one a whole lot. You know, it's color. Like when we're looking at it, as a lot of Christmas ales are, they're like chestnutty red. Yeah. Like chestnut wood and amber. And once the the head kind of settled down, um, it's got a nice, just kind of cream, cream head on it. Yeah, it started out with a pretty big head. Yeah, and I was, you know, poured it down the side of the glass, not down the middle. Right. And it's like what well, end is like an inch almost. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. I yeah. mean, that's that's what you want. And this is it. It comes in either bomber bottles or these little uh, five hundred centiliter bottles. And this is actually ten percent alcohol. Oh, okay. We have them into the individual bottles today. That's a 500? Uh, no, it's not a 500. I think that's a 350 it's a, or it's a 33. 30, 33, that's what it is. Yeah. It's a 33 bottle. Mm-hmm. Comes in a four-pack. It, it's a beautiful color. It smells, has that kind of nutty, um, caramely, kind of mold spices kind of smell to it. Yeah, I'm I'm getting that smell. But it still has that kind of, that characteristic banana-y 
clove, you know, like we said, clove that the typical Belgian dark ales. Now, if you remember when we talked about the Belgian quads, yeah, and we when Jordan and I did Belgian style strong ales, we talked about the Chimonet. You Gr- did that without me? Yeah. Oh, Josh. Yeah, we did. I listened to that. It's what right. happens when you're in Italy. Yeah, well. Um, if you remember when we talked about the Ch- the Chimene Grand Reserve, mm-hmm. that originally started as a Christmas ale. Okay. Because it takes a little bit more time to make and that it would be ready for around Christmas. Okay. So a lot of these are based on Belgian strong ales, just like this one is. It's really good. Now, I'm doing the cheddar with it. Yeah. And so you get that nuttiness of that, that cheddar, mm-hmm. which goes with that mold spices and nuttiness of this beer now did you say you're getting a little chestnut taste or no they talk about the color oh yeah the color was chestnut chestnut Mm. pretty nice and you said it's 10 percent abv you wouldn't know it just by tasting it no i don't but it has that nice big viscosity that you want with a belgian strong ale i'm gonna have to sip it (laughs) well yeah both of these and is that a characteristic of christmas ales do we you know do they typically run up that high i mean mine not that high but it's over your standard 5.2 or whatever well they're usually a little bit on the bigger side because they usually are based in beers that take a little bit longer to make and a little bit more hardy for the winter time that's right this is an ale so it's it's not cold fermented right no, they are, they are top. This is top fermented. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's pretty easy, easy drinking for ten percent, Josh. Mm-hmm. So tell me. So what are some of your? We've done a lot of beer at Christmas before. It's kind of one of the things that we have. We besides you know having lots of wine, we do have a lot of Christmas beers around. What are some of your? Do you have like memories of ones you've had before or? Holiday time well, when it comes to beer. Yeah. So I think in several episodes, I mentioned that for many years, for Christmas, I'd go find a sour. Mm-hmm. You remember that? And then you and Marie both said, Dad, Dad, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would also buy like the Lambic. Well, but Lambics they, and sours, yeah, yeah. Well, they were they were very, they were fruited. They were the lambics. Right. I know you'd always have the the rat. You usually have the raspberry hanging around. Right. And then you you on the Thanksgiving wine episode, we talked about how we we do our Thanksgiving day, and you talked about a beer, and that was a very memorable beer, where it was a Scotch ale. That was aged in a wine cast. Yeah, but that was Thanksgiving. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I think, you know, some Christmases we have something like that. Mm-hmm. But as far as, you know, for Christmas, it's usually a Christmas sale like these. Or or maybe I might sneak, sneak that Lambic in. <laughs> but, you know, you can't, can't really get I've not had all these because, you know, I was Googling which one before I landed on the Sierra Nevada celebratory beer, Mm -hmm. celebration beer, the top 15 and 
some of those I never heard of, but they're out there, I guess. Maybe not in Arkansas, but yeah, it's a it's a very popular style to do. So a lot the other thing that usually comes out around Christmas time are like Baltic porters and barrel aged stouts as well. Well, and then there's the uh, barley wines Mm -hmm. that come out. Some of them come out about that time. Uh, There's one called uh, Santa. It's like a Santa Claus. Santa Claus barley wine. I don't know. But those are really, no, those are 14, 12. Yeah. Really, really big. But as far as, you know, specific memory about Christmas beers, it'd be the Lambics or the Tower. Okay. Yeah, so this... This brewery group has been brewing since the 1600s, like a lot of, like a lot of Belgian breweries, and they, you know, they've been kind of going ever since. You know, they they make a whole bunch of. This is kind of a, a club consortium of different breweries that are mm-hmm. kind of come together. That that Delirium is underneath the umbrella of. But like I said, they've been brewing since 1654. You know, they, they've they gone through all a lot of the same strife and struggle that a lot of Euro, European breweries that we talked about before have gone through during the wars and being able to build back, trying to build back better from after the wars. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Belgian, Belgian ales are really, really good. You know, this is a good, strong ale. So it's been brewed to be hearty, keep you warm, kind of warm you up on those, well, for for a lot of people, but not barely us, those cold winter times. That's right. So what have you, what have you tried with the pairings? Well, I've tried, the, I've tried the cheese and I mentioned how it was, the nuttiness of the cheese went really well. And I'm, I'm now trying the uh, sausage roll. Now, did, did you use this, use our family recipe? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Okay. Well, our family recipe is bisquick <laughs> and then sausage. How'd you do it then? So I bought breakfast sausage from ham. Mm-hmm. And then I went, Pillsbury is now doing a roll-out crescent sheet. Mm. And so I just, I bought that, rolled it out, put the sausage on in it, rolled it up, cut it, and then baked it. Okay. So it was very, it's a very, very simple recipe. Yeah. Well, did you age it in the refrigerator overnight? No, I did not. Okay, well that's, that's <laughs> I cut it. Okay. I cut it straight away. Okay, well that's that's what I do with the bisquick one. You know, you take your bisquick, you make basically a biscuit, but roll it out till it's about oh a foot in diameter or so, and then start putting the sausage. Just spread it over, roll that up, put wax paper around it. You really got to put it in the refrigerator because it's still pretty soft. Yeah, but no, this this sausage goes very well mm-hmm. with this beer. I don't know that we'll have a bad pairing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. It, it can be hard with these beers that will hold up to a lot of different food. One of the things I really like about this pairing is the sage, mm-hmm. the herbaceousness that this sausage has, and the sweetness. Of the sauces, I think go really, really well with beer and kind of highlight some of those, highlight more of those 
spices that are mm-hmm. going on in the beer and bring it into the sausage as well. Now, that's a big memory for me as a sausage roll. I mean, we've been doing that as long as I can remember. Well, your Uncle Randy is the one that brought it to us. And you're right. I don't know how many years ago that was. I have a hard time remembering a Christmas without it. Right. Except for like, maybe if we're not, if we're not at home, if we're at, if we were at like grandma and grandpa's house or somebody else's house. Well, that's right. Don't really have it. But we even cooked it. You've even cooked it before when you, when we were out of town. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the, the, the first Christmas in, when we were in Copper, we, you you still made it. Well, that's because we had a kitchenette. Right. That's right. Yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun Christmas. It was. So what what made you and mom decide to do that? Because it what happened? What so it was about eight? No, not eight years ago. Yeah, it was uh-huh. about it was about six about six Ooh. years ago. Might have been more than that. Might have been eight. Might have been eight years ago. I don't know what made us do it. I mean, you know, you just kind of get cabin fever, even with without COVID. You just think, well, gosh, it sure would be fun to go somewhere for Christmas. Yeah. And see some Christmas lights. Right. And, and snow. <laughs> yeah. And snow, real snow. And see Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Which, funny, funny, funny thing about that. So, if, you, if you've never been to Copper Mountain or a ski resort during Christmas, if you like to ski and you like those kind of things, try and do it because they the mountains are really fun and during the holidays you know they they dress up they do the things but at copper mountain on christmas eve they do what they call it a candlelight ski or mm-hmm, a firelight mm-hmm, ski or mm-hmm. something and all of the employees right ski down the mountain or down like the main front of the mountain holding big torches mm-hmm. or big kind of flares and then santa <laughs> one of the employees who's dressed up like santa skis down behind them kind of like the macy's day parade sounds yeah last. <laughs> he, co- he comes in and then he kind of goes through the the little village there he zip lines across the across the pond and then fireworks and whole festivities and then he goes to the bar well and so that's <laughs> that's where, one <laughs> well that's where i'm going is so we were in the we were in a bar surprise surprise we were in a bar watching after the ski right. after the ski down and just so happened that the the pond or the yeah pond that Santa ziplined over was right outside the window, right in the back window of the bar. So we got to see that. Well, then lo and behold, Santa comes into the bar, and what does what does Dad and Mom do? They go over and buy Santa a drink. <laughs> well, he needed to warm up, Josh. Yeah, I know. He's been out there in the cold. And so there's a there's a picture out there somewhere of Dad and Santa. Both holding the beverage about, I think, I think you guys did shots together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mom was over playing pinball. But, you know, that the sausage roll is a big memory to me. And we, you know, we usually have some sort of beverage now that we're all old enough from uh, some sort of beverage while we're opening gifts and having this after, after we do our coffee. A lot of times it's champagne or some sort of bubbly. But some of these, some of these Christmas ales are... Something else that we've done before. True. And, I, you know, this is really good. I think it goes really, really well with this with this sausage roll. Yeah. the As you were talking, 
way back, you said something about the spiciness, and, and I didn't really think of the sausage being that spicy, and it's really not no. real spicy. I mean, it could be a whole lot spicier. But just that little bit of spice that it has goes quite well with the toastiness and what little, it's hard to say there's spice in this beer, but there might be, I don't know the composition and the recipe, but maybe they had some cloves or well, yeah. or, or some cinnamon or, I would, or some something else in that in that beer that gives the spice of the sausage and the spicy of the beer a connection. I would definitely say that there are baking spices in this beer. They probably use it in the boil at some point, in the mash bill or in the boil. To give it some of that flavor, and I, I don't actually, I don't think there's any spiciness in the sausage besides black pepper. Because they, when I asked him about it, he's just like, "Well, we just have sage, salt, and pepper," and I don't. He didn't say anything about any type of spiciness. Well, there's probably not much. There's not much. I'm definitely not much. Yeah, which you know, I almost put some cheese in it. All right. Yeah, I almost put some good sharp cheddar, but I think. Yeah, I'm probably going to try it in a little bit after I go to the the short rib. I'm probably going to try some of the cheese on top of the sausage roll because the cheese has this like funky nutty, mm-hmm. funky mm-hmm. nuttiness to it mm-hmm. with the sharpness that goes really well with the beer, I think at least. Mm-hmm. This is such a good beer. I really wish I could have gone the St. Bernardus, but I'm really glad I had this one because I haven't had this one in years. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably been three three, maybe four years since I've had this beer. This is another one of those that gets kind of gets put on the side mm-hmm. for new new beers or craft beers, you know, because it's always been there. It's always going to be there. So I'm like, oh, well, let me try this one. And I kind of forget about some of these good Belgians that are there. And I think I say that every time I have a Belgian beer on the, sh- on the show. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they're they're just great standards. They're just, they're really, really good. And right. this one is, this delirium is, is very, very good. Mm-hmm. It, it will catch you though, because it is 10%. That's 10%. I'm starting to feel it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I saw you snacking on the short rib. Well, the short rib is very good. Now, did you sous vide or how'd you do it? No, I just, I braised it with a head of garlic and, uh-huh. and beef stock. Yeah. And, you know, onion, carrot. Normal stuff. Cooked Several it for, hours. Cooked it for about two and a half hours. Was it in a wine reduction? No, it was not. Okay. Well, because I didn't have any cheap red wine. <laughs> right. Well, no, it goes very well. So, best on place going to be a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does it? Why does it go? Tell me. Tell well, me just more. that that earthiness of the of the beer, and the earthiness of the meat itself. You know, there's not. We don't have the spices going on, and we don't have the nuttiness that showed up with the cheese and the beer. So, really, it's just kind of the earthiness of it. That's, you know, that's how I would describe it. Now, there is some sweetness in the beer, and there's also some sweetness in this meat, just because of how it was cooked, I think. Well, that's actually the fat. Well, okay. It's the fat. It, it's honestly it's really the fat. It's honestly yeah. it's really the fat that's bringing that that sweetness, that perception of sweetness from the beef. Because there's 
there's honestly nothing sweet in in what I made in this. the meat. Yeah, okay. Because it's just fat. yeah. Here's the fat. I'm looking at it. These are really good, nice big short ribs. They were they're bone in, mm-hmm. as you can see in the picture on Instagram. While you're chomping that down, we've had short ribs before. Yep, on many podcasts, mm-hmm. it seems to kind of sneak in there almost as much as goat cheese because <laughs> they are so good. Mm-hmm. Now you tried it. What what would you say about it in the beer? So I think the beer overshadows this presentation of the short ribs. Mm-hmm. The beer's viscosity and sweetness and holiday spicing just kind of take over and cover and kind of cover everything that's there from the beef because the beef really just tastes like beef. Yeah. There's not really like you like I said this wasn't cooked in red wine so you don't have that extra depth right of red wine in there. I probably should have put some what's well, not acid overpowering the fat. Uh, it's it's viscosity, it's the sweetness covering over the fat. Oh, okay, the sweetness. Yeah, the sweetness is covering over the fat. Now, cuz remember sweet right. That you know, but it's more of a viscosity thing. It's really not kind of a a flavoring. Right. It's more of just the the, the how the beer coats the palate. Yeah, the mouthfeel of it. Yeah. But it cuz it's it's not like syrup really a sweet syrupy beer. No, but it's definitely it definitely if you if you line this up with other beers you would say that this is a sweeter beer, which mm-hmm. it's higher in alcohol. It's dark, so that means it's using darker malt and more malt. Right. And those things, you have to have sugar to make it higher, and more sugar to have a higher alcohol beer. Right. So that sweetness is actually going to be there mm-hmm. as compared to lower alcohol beers. And the IBUs aren't very high. No, the IBUs is 35. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken, it may actually be lower than that. It is 26. Oh, that is low. Yeah. So it's it's 26, but it's really like this is driven by sweet, warming spice, spiciness. And when I'm saying spiciness, I'm not talking heat spice. I'm talking like baking spice here. Oh, okay. But I think it's really good. It's very good. So, what are your initial thoughts about the beer in general? Oh, I like it. That's the first thing. And then, you know, when you think of a Christmas beer, and we'll talk about with with the Sierra Nevada, you think, am I going to taste really sweet? Am I going to get the pine? Am I going to get, you know, the what's going to go on with it? With This beer is a Christmas beer, but it doesn't have all that extra baggage what do you mean by baggage well it's done it's you're not trying to you don't have to dissect it and say oh i got this sweetness and i got this aroma and i got this and i got that and that's what makes it a christmas beer it's just the whole idea of this is a christmas beer i can drink this christmas beer well I don't know why you couldn't drink this Christmas beer all year round, except that you probably can't find it. That's the that's the that's the trick. <laughs> can't find it. Well, and it's like this Sierra Nevada beer that we're going to go through. It's a limited time beer. Sometimes uh, they have a lot of it, and sometimes it's like you found your friend says, "Oh, it's in," and then you go and you can't find it. 
Mm-hmm. There's not that many of them. So I think these are, it's kind of like the, it's like the Nouveau Beaujolais or Beaujolais Nouveaus. Yeah, those things come in, but when they're gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens to these beers. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good. Okay. So I want you to try something. Oh, the cheese. I want you to take the... a piece of cheese. Yeah. I just want you to put it on top of the sausage roll. Eat it. Take a bite. I think as Murray, as Murray has perfected Granny's recipe that Mom has perfected that Granny passed down to her, I think I'm going to have to. The pecan? The pecan pie. Oh, the yeah. pecan pie. I think this is. I think I'm going to have to take this one and run with it. Oh, you're going to put cheese inside? I think so. I mean, I know it might be heresy. <laughs> I know. I, I see you staring at me. Like, no, I, why are you messing with this? This is no, what this it is. No, this is good. But yeah, it's really, really good. And I think it's because... You of, remember that MASH episode where, and I, I don't remember who it was exactly. They had to go off in the truck, and one of them's going, you got to put this mustard on this cheese. <laughs> And the other one's going, there's no way I'm doing that. Yeah. But once you try it, it's like, oh my goodness. You know, this is an epiphany of flavor. And so I'm really getting an epiphany of flavor here that you wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. So it's not heresy. It's just not tradition. True. It's not your tradition. The other thing that I think would be different is I don't think it would work as well with the sausage that you use. Cause you just use, do you buy just like Jimmy Dean right. mild or whatever? Right. So I think if you use like the Jimmy Dean mild, or if you were to use any sausage, like any like maple sausage, sausage is going to be sweeter on the palate. That's not as herbaceous. Right. As this sausage, I don't think it would work. Mm. I think it would just be, there would be too many competing factors there. But I think with this sausage that's guided by that herbaceousness and that funky earthiness of the cheese. Well, if I put a monster cheese, see, or a Swiss cheese, right, it wouldn't work either. Yeah, it has to be some sort of sharp, sharp cheese. Mm-hmm. And this, this just being a aged, funky cheese. Check the Instagram. Check the Instagram stories to make sure to find the type of cheese this was because I, I don't have it in front of me. I'll have to find it before I post it to Instagram because it was just it was a cheese I picked up at Kroger in the uh-huh. Murphy cheese in the Murray's cheese section. It was like, oh, it's extra sharp. Hey, look, nobody's been buying it because they don't know it. So it was on sale. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to go ahead and buy this. I'm going right. to go buy some and put it in the freezer. Right. Because it's really good. It is really good. All right, Dad. All right. We ready to switch over? If you are. I, I mean, unless there's more you just want to talk about with this beer. So when when you were in Italy, were there any kind of Christmas decorations up or any holiday no. holiday decorations up no. yet? No. Because you no. y'all came back end of October. Right. Okay. It's not until November that they really start putting see, stuff we out. We left like the last day of November and came back the... Last day of September. September, I mean. And came back the... 26th of October. So, no. Now, we've talked on the show about Joanne going to Germany uh, and the Austria, Christmas markets. And the Christmas market is shut down. 
Yeah. Austria completely closed the country. Well, yeah, they're and going back to they're, full they're over there. They're over there rioting, and so were other other countries. Germany hadn't shut it totally down, but uh, Munich closed their Christmas market, and so that was going to be one of the main things they were doing. So world's got to get back to normal somehow. Well, I don't, I don't think it's. it's gonna I don't do think it's it. going to get back to normal. I think there's going to be a new normal that's going to well, emerge. Well, that's like Doctor Gene said, Joanne's brother. He says, "I'll, I'll always wear a mask from now on an airplane." Yeah, I mean, fully recycled air. Yeah, what's the big deal? <laughs> from 300 people. All right, so we're going to switch over now to Dad's beer. Dad, why don't you remind us what the beer is and what your parents are? Well, it's the Sierra Nevada Celebration Holiday Christmas. IPA, and my pairings are the blueberry compote that I made, and I got a secret ingredient in here, and I'm going to see if you can figure it out. Okay. And then I have the baked brie, and also on the side for the baked brie is this special chestnut honey, just to give it a try, because you were talking about chestnuts roasting on an open fire, and that's kind of a Christmas thing as well. It's very much a holiday thing. And then green bean bundles, nothing really special about them. And then uh, store-bought gingerbread men cookie. All right. So there's there's a word on this can that you have not mentioned yet. The fresh hop? Yes. You have not mentioned the word fresh hop. Well, so I'm, I'm, very inter- in I'm very interested to learn how it's a fresh hop during the holiday season because hops come out in the spring. Hops, hops get harvested late. Late as in? Like October. Anyway, I'll go really? into that. Okay. I'm, I'm just trying to think of when Marie did, when fresh, when the fresh hop beers were coming, when Marie got them, like when the fresh hop well, beers that's hit when the beer came. That's right. That's when the beer came. But, okay. Anyway. We'll get into it. Uh, anyway, so, so, so fresh hopping. So uh, tell us, as you're telling us about the beer, Please remind everybody what fresh hopping is. Because okay, it's a well, very particular thing to certain beers in certain areas. I'll do that, yeah. So when you make beer, you cook this wort, and then you can put hops into the mixture as you're cooking. Yeah. That is not fresh hop. No. And you can put in multiple different hop layers as you're cooking. You know, it's 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 like the 90-minute beer that... From Dogfish Head. That we both love from Dogfish. We both love? No, we don't <laughs> both love. <laughs> well, maybe it's Marie that loves it. It's you and Marie that both love it. So it's a 90-minute boil, and so they're boiling and they're putting in hops during the whole boil. Yeah. I don't know how many different layers of hops they put in. So the point of the story is that's how you normally make beer. Okay, so what is the difference between fresh hop and dry hop. Well, the fresh hop, well, dry hop and fresh hop are somewhat the same thing. It's just that fresh hop is, those hops are fresh. They just got picked yesterday. Okay, so if and you... so we're hurrying to get this beer made, and that's that's part of this story. Okay. So if you if you're in a place that doesn't grow hops, like Arkansas doesn't grow hops. Right. It is almost impossible for 
an Arkansas brewery to fresh hop. They can dry hop, but they can't fresh hop. Is that right? All right. Okay. So here's what they say. They say once we pick fresh hops, the clock starts ticking. Each year, we visit the Pacific Northwest to hand-select the best Cascade and Centennial hops, race the harvest home, and brew immediately to capture citrus, pine, and floral notes at their peak for the aromas and flavor for this perfect winter beer. That's what they're doing with the Centennial. And it comes out this time of year so i think they're racing to get those hops in i, I assume it's like october it has i mean it has to it has, has to be, to be so that so they can get them done now the neat thing about these guys and this particular beer they've been doing it for 40 years they've been doing this beer for 40 years this year beer for 40 years okay yeah, so Sierra Nevada is a California brewing company. They are in Northern California, correct? Correct. What town are they outside of? Uh, it's it's there on the can. Chico, S-H-I-C-O, California. Chico. Chico. Hmm. Well, and they got another place in North Carolina, too. Well, <laughs> so that's, know that. well, that's probably yeah. some of the just freshness. Right. Freshness kind of thing. But yeah, Sierra Nevada has been around for a long time. They're one of the first, they're in with like, yeah, so they, they were one of the first breweries on the West Coast. So they're actually around the San Francisco area. So they're in Northern California. Right. I actually had, I actually had a Sierra Nevada beer before I came here. Oh, really? Yeah, I had their Narwhal, which is okay. an Imperial Stout that they do, which is really, okay. it's really, really, really good. Yeah, they do a they do an Oktoberfest. It's a good one. Uh, they do one called Powder Day. They do one called Summer Break. So this is their kind of this is their holiday their their holiday ale. Yes, and so they they use it. Does it say why they call it the celebration? In your story, that no, you have? I don't see that. Uh-uh. I think it's just a celebration to get get that beer going and. Uh, it's that time of year to celebrate holidays and Christmas and snow. So what is the, uh, what's the ABV of this? 6.8. Man, it smells like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, that's that aroma, Josh. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's a dark amber. It's very similar to the color of the delirium. The head retention on this is awesome. Like we still have a good head. A little, you know, probably about a quarter inch. It didn't pour with as big a head, but it's retained it. Yeah, we've still got about a quarter of an inch ahead on this, and we poured this, what, 45 minutes ago? Right. Now, maybe. It's it's delicious. It smells, it smells like a Christmas tree. You do get some of that citrus undertone. Now, I'm very curious to know what you smell, because I'm very sensitive to hop, as we have discussed many a times before yeah and where other people get more tropical more citrus i still usually get just the pininess of it so what are you smelling in this beer i get some citrus don't don't you i mean it's got the cascade hop in it so that's where that citrus comes from 
it's hard for me to find. That's why I was wondering what oh, you, okay. no, I how you get it. it. I do smell it. But yeah, it's got that pine rosin <laughs> that you don't like. Yep. It's like, oh, it's like I knew it would go like this. Well, so uh, this is not the first time that I've had this beer. So what, I've had this beer caramel. Before. I don't. Yeah, I I get some caramel there. <laughs> it's down in there. I get pine resin. I so get, get past the pine resin. I'm working on it. I also get some kind of like little spiciness in there. So I do get some of the like holiday spicing, but they are very. Very, very back there. So on the brightbeer.com, it's rated very hot. So I think sometimes I, you know, when I look at rightbeer.com, I wonder, okay, it's kind of like the guy that writes about the hotel, how bad it was, and it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you go to rightbeer.com, you get the guys that love it more than you get the guys that hate it. Right. And so you end up with this really high rating. Mm-hmm. But even with that said, you get these high ratings because they're a good beer. Mm-hmm. And this one has an overall rating of 97 out of 100. That is tremendous. It is. What's the delirium? I didn't look at the. Well, I didn't look at it either. I call that up here. But these guys, you know, you said they've been doing a beer for a long time. Yeah, since the 80s. <laughs> when it comes to California beer, that's a long time. <laughs> that is quite a while, especially yeah. in the in the craft market. Right. So they were forerunners of the craft market. That's what that yeah. says. Yeah, they were. They were one of the things they say is turns out good beer can do a lot of good. We shook things up in the 80s to launch our beer revolution. And that's well said because you know, there wasn't much homebrewing out there because I think the homebrewing actually was opened up to be legal just in the late 70s. So these are guys that marked out and decided they wanted to make beer in the time frame shortly after homebrewing even opened up. Well, and I still think that they are actually locally owned. I don't think that they have sold to a larger conglomerate. That's true. I think that's true. Yeah. Which I was kind of sad to read that uh, Bell's Bell's has recently sold out to a large conglomerate. Oh, Bell's another good Christmas beer. Yes, but they have recently sold to a larger conglomerate. It's the same conglomerate that foreign conglomerate that owns New Belgium. Oh, okay. And this, and the head of New Belgium is going to run operations over both. Oh no, and they they do a lot of. Uh... Reduce, reuse, recycle, because they're b- very into sustainability, which I think is very good, whether you're in California or not. So, Dad, when it comes to these pairings, what are you thinking about? How do you think about eating them? So, this was actually a appetizer, which is the cheese. Okay. A side, which is the beans. And then a quasi-dessert. So, I would say that would be the order that you might want to did you put coffee in that compote? Boom, <laughs> baby. There's the secret ingredient. Okay. I wondered if you were going to get it. In this blueberry compote, there is coffee. Why'd you put coffee? It's like two pinches of coffee. What kind and of coffee? Just our normal coffee that we use. Use a Chivalia or... 
that really, <laughs> I can't think of it. The reason I did it is we went to a wine dinner a couple nights ago and the guy came out and that was the des- dessert for the wine was a brie with compote and in the compote was some coffee. And I thought, man, and it really, it really went extremely well with the wine that we were tasting. Yeah. Well, how do you think it goes with this? So it, it, it adds an interesting element to it. The thing that I would suggest to make it better for next time is make a satchel that has the coffee in it. Okay. The grinds give it a funny texture. Yeah. So that that would be kind of one of my things. And it, it adds an interesting bitterness to yep. like a, a, a roasty bitterness to the compote, which to me it was it's the texture i I would yeah kind of like you're brewing the coffee in the compote rather Mm -hmm. than leaving it in there for texture but it's i started to pour a little bit of coffee in the compote Mm -mm. but the compote was still was not thick so that's why i did the just a couple pinches of the coffee so listeners the point of this is it's okay to experiment some will like it, some won't like it. And yes, Josh is correct. It's a texture thing. Yeah, the because the coffee grinds don't coffee grinds don't dissolve. No, they stay intact. Yeah, which is why you need a coffee filter when you make when you make coffee. Mm-hmm. But I, it does add an interesting element, especially with the brie itself. Um, I think it's better with the brie than by itself. Yeah, the brie. This is where I'm bad. Uh-oh. With IPAs. Uh-oh. Because all I'm tasting now is pine. Well, that's with... why I wanted to give you the coffee to mix that up. So, a bitter on a bitter is never great. Because coffee's a bitter. Right. And so, when I had... So, I had a bite of the, the cheese with the rind and the compote. And then I had the beer. To me, it, it brings out the pininess of it. It To me, it, it accentuates that. Because the, the fat from the cheese kind of kind of takes everything everything else down a little bit and that to me all that's left is the pine what about you how does it work for you so i don't get as much pine as you and you're right about the texture of the coffee the compote with that cheese i thought went well the compote and the cheese are great yeah and the the texture and the coffee bitterness the bitter, there is some bitterness in this beer, and that's I'm gonna look up the uh, IBUs here because it's not. I don't think it's that high. Probably in the 60s. So the it goes it 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 goes a lot better with that chestnut honey and cheese. The chestnut honey is is very very interesting. The chestnut honey has kind of a almost a licorice flavor to it. Yeah, and the cheese has that that fattiness that kind of balances it out, and leaves some of that sweetness, and that sweetness plays really well with the beer itself. Yeah, it adds some of those elements, and reigns in kind of rounds out some of those elements that I particularly don't enjoy. Okay, I like this beer. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a good. Here's the thing, I'm not saying it's a bad beer. No, I'm saying it's a beer that I don't enjoy. 
And that's and it's okay because it's a, and we knew that we kind of knew that walking into it, right? And that I was going to struggle with this beer because not only is it an IPA, it's a fresh hopped IPA, which means it's accentuating the hop flavor, right? You know, if we go back to what happened when Marie brought the fresh hop from from Fremont, mm-hmm. I had the same thing. It was a little bit too piney for me. It was really really hop forward. And for me personally, it's just not something that I enjoy. But I get, I understand the pairings. Yeah. Okay. So far. So, what'd you say you thought the bitterness was? I thought it was in the sixties. Ding, ding, ding! It's sixty-five. Mm-hmm. And I have to agree with you. The bitterness of that coffee and the bitterness of this was completely different than what we tasted the other night with the wine dinner. Yeah, and I think I think this. I, think and the I don't know how the guy did. The compote with the coffee. Well, they he, may, you know, I, did, I had to cut to the chase. Well, yeah, and I was guessing because you can't find anything on the internet. Of course, not. how to do that? Well, so I, I think. So I think if I made it a real thick uh, espresso kind of coffee to go with the compote, I mean, really, really, it's, mm, I, I would without say without that texture, steep the coffee. In the compote while you're making it. So have it in a filter or in a little cheesecloth, tied up cheesecloth thing. And have it sit there and boil with the compote as it's cooking down. You're going to basically make coffee with the compote. And then it will be really integrated. The flavor will be really integrated and you can remove all those grounds out. Or strain it. Right. Either way. But I think I think that compote would go really well with the delirium. I think oh, I, think so. I think because that extra sweetness that the delirium has would play better with that bitterness that comes through with the compote. Okay. But the honey, the honey and the cheese is great. Honey and first of all, honey and brie. If you've never done honey and brie, honey and camembert, honey and any kind of soft rindy cheese, it's great. Mm-hmm. But the the fattiness of that cheese kind of brings down the oddity of the chestnut, right? The chestnut honey, which I think is very interesting. I think it's 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 really really interesting, and I kind of want to play around with it a little bit. But it brings that oddity down in the the sweetness of that honey rounds out the beer really really well. Mm-hmm. Now, what about the green beans? Before I answer that. This chestnut honey I bought in Italy, and they say this chestnut honey has this aspect to helping you with all kinds of health issues. Okay. I also tasted a chestnut beer when I was over there. Okay. And like you said, this honey is like no other honey that we've ever had. Mm-mm. And that beer was like no other beer I'd ever had. Yeah. In fact, I drank it all, but it was like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. So who is it? Is it Rogue? I think Rogue does a holiday chestnut brown ale. I don't know if it's a holiday brown ale. I don't know. But I, I knew I, they do. I think it's Rogue that does a chestnut ale. That a chestnut brown, 
like a, a nut brown, but it's specifically chestnut brown. Be interesting to see how that honey would play with with that. But so, what about the green beans? What do you think about the green beans? Oh, I like them. You don't like green? Did you try them? I haven't gotten there yet. So I saw uh, you take a big bite of. Them. <laughs> well, I did take a good big bite of. Them. So the the green beans themselves, they they uh, have a wrap of bacon around them. They have a mixture of brown sugar, butter. What else is in there? I forget. But that layered onto the green beans gave them a really good flavor. So that green bean and, again, maybe the earthiness of this beer, to me, did away with that pine. Okay. And so I can't say that the green beans overpowered the beer. It just, the taste textures and difference made the pine kind of go away i mean it's still it's still an ipa right it's (laughs) it's still it still shows the hop but when you say it takes the pine away what did it leave well it it left the citrus okay it left the sweetness of the beer so you know there was still a lot left yeah so have you i know we've had this beer in the house before but have you ever, have you ever had this, you know, at like with any of our Christmas traditions? Because some of our Christmas traditions, we talked about it before. We do a, a cold table at Christmas Eve, which, you know, most everything's uncooked. And then we do some of this, you know, we've talked about the sausage roll and right. things like that. Uh, this beer is, it's kind of a tradition. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not as big as uh, some of our Thanksgiving beer traditions it's like i don't know sometimes we drink beer for christmas just like we would Mm -hmm. but it seems like to me it's maybe more wine yeah than it is beer yeah we usually do open a little bit more wine. if it's a beer it's probably more of a stout or a brown you know something like that yeah we usually but i usually always have this beer in the house yeah, we kind of pull this one quite a bit for, or not this one. We usually pull barrel aged, a lot of barrel aged stuff at Christmas time. That's right, because a lot of it comes out during that time. That's right. So I hear you uh, crunching over there on the gingerbread. What do you think? It's interesting. This isn't a very spicy gingerbread. Mm-mm. It's a little bit more of a sweet gingerbread. So it kind of it goes well. It does some of the same stuff that the combo does. But I'm getting a little less. I'm, lo- I'm actually getting a little bit more of the sweetness mm-hmm. from the beer, and a little bit more of that citrusiness as it comes through. I hadn't tried it yet. It's good. You know, I have a Trader Joe's does a a triple triple ginger snap that they that it's got. It actually has like chunks of candy ginger in the cookie. It's a very very gingery. I should have. I see ginger. I told you to buy that for me. But it's a very, very spicy gingery cookie. Mm-hmm. I think that that type of ginger cookie would go uh, would go very, very well with this beer because the spiciness it, it's it's not a super sweet cookie, mm-hmm. but it it carries that super ginger ginger heavy flavor, which I think would be really, really good with this beer. That's really what I wanted, right. And I couldn't find it. Well, this one, you know, these are these are nice ginger cookies, but they're they're covered in sugar, right? 
which kind of kick up that sweetness. And they're not it. real gingery. No, they don't have that like punch you in the face right. ginger spice. But if you if you have if you have a local place that makes ginger cookies like that, or if you make them yourself, because I know a lot of people this could that could be something that people make this time of year mm-hmm. are ginger cookies. I think they go well with either one of these beers. I think it might actually go a little bit better with your fresh hop. It even could be a dunkable. Oh yeah, <laughs> a, a dunkable in there. Because then it, I think it would bring some extra level of of spiciness or baking mm-hmm. spiciness or heat to the beer, which I think could kind of ele- quite elevate the beer a little bit. So as far as the ginger that we have here and the beer, how'd they go together? They So the ginger, when I break it down to the ginger, yeah, the ginger goes really well. The sweetness fights with the bitterness of the beer. Yes. And doesn't turn out very well right and that's why i was like that's why i deduced that it was this sugary kind of the sugar oh yeah the colored sugar that's on top of it which is what's kind of skewing skewing it there yeah when you when you look at the instagram story pictures you'll see this ginger little gingerbread guy and he's got all these little sprinkles of like red sugar yeah but the ginger but the gingeriness the idea of this pairing was really good I really like that one. Now, did you try the bacon? I did. I mean, it's bacon. It goes well <laughs> with anything. With it air, goes, it goes well with with my with my plate. Okay, but it like that sugariness and the fat and the the earthiness of the bacon. The, sorry, the the salinity of the bacon go well with this beer. I think it mellows it for me. It mellows the things that I don't want to drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> and makes it better. Yeah. What do you think? I the bake the bacon. So I tried the bacon with the beer and it went pretty good. Then I went over there and I got that short rib. <laughs> and Josh, that short rib. I thought that was very good with this beer. Yeah. Very good. Cause the sweetness on this on that beer is down. Uh huh. And that earthiness and the bitterness will play better with the beef. Right. And and maybe even if it had a a good wine reduction, yeah, I think if been better, I think if it this beer, I think with either one of the beers, if it would have had that wine cook in it, uh huh, it would have been a a lot. I think it would have been better. Well, I like this beer. It's kind of the first present of the of the Christmas season. <laughs> yeah, that beautiful red can. Mm-hmm. So, Dad, yeah, you ready for best on plate? Uh, I'm going to let you go first, but I'll be ready. Okay. So, my beer. Start with mine. Okay. I think the sausage roll was the best. Now. Individual pairing. Now, if you now added the, the cheese on the top. Cheese, I mean, yeah, the sausage roll and the cheese was the best thing, period. But individually, I think the sausage roll was the best pairing. The But not the short rib? No. Why not? It was, it was, it the beer killed the beef. Oh yeah, you said. Yeah. So it was. It, so the herbaceousness of the sausage, uh huh, just went so well with everything of that beer, and like it was just, it didn't. There was not a bad thing about it. Okay. 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 What about for you? On my plate, I'm gonna have to go with the sausage roll as well. Yeah. Why? Same exact same reason you did. 
Okay. Uh, the the cheese though was a close second. Okay. What the what short, about the cheese was really good for you? That nuttiness of the cheese with the nuttiness of the of the beer. Okay. Now, like you said, I think the cheese on top of the sausage was <laughs> that just was, that was amazing. So next time you do the sausage roll, <laughs> sneak some of that cheese. I in will. There. I'll get. I'll get some of that cheese. I may have to go. I'm telling you, I may have to go to Kroger tomorrow and buy a bunch of that cheese and vacuum seal it and put it, <laughs> and put it in the freezer. Is that cheese? Well, so it was on special. I got a nice size wedge of it for like five fifty. Whoa! Because it's one of those like you know if Kroger has placed it in if cheese doesn't move. You know, and it gets to the expiration date. Which well, they don't want it to mold right there in their case. They don't. So, they'll, they'll put it on reduced prices. Exactly. And that's what this one was. And it's a really, really good cheese. It's not as good as that coastal cheddar that Jordan and I have had a couple times. The coastal English cheddar. Yeah. Super dry, super salty. Yeah. Kind of sharp cheese. But that's really good. I may put that in my, in my uh, mac and cheese. For Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. That'd be good. Because we're actually recording this before Thanksgiving. That's right. We are. (laughs) Okay. What about you for your plate? Your beer, your plate. So, the brie. Okay. And I have to agree with you. The the compote was a really good first try. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to perfect the coffee. Now, it also had had lime juice in it. But... uh, like you said, the the texture was an issue with the coffee. Yeah. It didn't really... So, the brie with the honey was best on the plate. Uh, I am in 100% agreement with you on that. That honey... I don't think the honey in the beer would be good, just individually. Because the, the honey has a weird bitterness and astringency to it. Yes. Like I kind of talked about the liquor sheet. But the fat of the brie and the nuttiness of the brie that came together with that honey and sang by itself. And then it it changed the beer to just be something new to me. Yeah, okay. All right. You going to blind me or am I blinding you? It's a beer week. You get blinded, of course. Okay. All right. Let's get it poured up. All right. Okay. We got it poured up for you, Dad. And it's all you. Okay. It's a light yellowish gold. It's a little bit of foam, not that much. So uh, we'll see what I get off the nose. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing? What? Smell it again. <laughs> I think I might be stopped up, Josh. <laughs> not much. Well, then just go ahead and give it a taste then. If you're not smelling anything because you think you're stopped up, just give it a taste going to have to. Oh, man, this beer. <laughs> oh, boy, this beer. It's a, it's, a, it's a mind mess. It really is. It starts out. So, uh, so what I want you to do with this beer is I want you to close your eyes, okay. drink it, and talk about it. Don't think about the color. Just t- talk about what you're tasting. Coffee. Okay, coffee. What else? I'm tasting coffee. What else? What's beyond the coffee? He's over there laughing. I think there's some citrus. Okay. Coffee, citrus. It's pretty clear. All right. 
So you get many hops? Am I getting hops? Yes. Bound to be some in there. But that's not what I asked. <laughs> not really. Okay. So not, not really. Rude. So malt driven. Okay. You're getting coffee. I'm getting coffee. Okay. What other flavors are in there with that coffee? You said citrus, but that's don't don't think that citrus route. Don't what? Stay along your coffee route. Because I think you're throwing in citrus because of the color. Rather than actually tasting it. Mm. Getting like any type of like cocoa nib, dark chocolate. Co- I mean, you've already said coffee. Any kind of like cream or black coffee, espresso. Talk, talk it down. So it's not, I don't get an espresso. I okay. don't really get dark coffee. Okay. It's just some... Maybe some chocolate coffee. Okay. Let's see. Boy, this is a curveball. Woo. I said, don't think about the color. Think about the taste of this beer. It'll guide, it'll guide you more than the color will. Definitely. So you're tasting coffee notes. You're so tasting- based, based on coffee notes, it ought to be brown. I don't get, I don't get like chicory type coffee. It's just. It's coffee. You're right. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's like it, dark. It's, it's good just, black it's, black coffee, dark roast coffee. Yeah, and there's some chocolateiness. I get so when I'm tasting this, I get some white chocolate. Yeah, it's not a real. Yeah, it's not a real bitter type chocolate. Okay. I don't get a whole lot of bitter, so that's why I'm saying I don't think I get a whole lot of hops. Okay, so I don't have a lot of IBU bitterness. Right, but it's not that sweet. Okay. So, so if this beer were the color that you were thinking it would be, what would you call it? What would you think it would be? Well, it should be like a brown ale. Okay, a brown ale. Uh huh. So we're talking. Do you think it's? Do you think the flavors are light enough for a brown ale, running on the nut on the nut range? Oh, because for me, most brown ales present as nut mm-hmm. nutty. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. This should this when you taste this, it should be black. So there isn't that nutty. No, if I don't get the nutty. Okay, so if I just get coffee. Okay, you get coffee. So what what beer is driven by coffee and cocoa flavors? Like I said, if it were black, think about it being as black as night. Beer that's driven by coffee and cocoa. So it could be all right. So a stout doesn't normally have coffee flavor, but it can. Can so a stout that has chocolate malts can get that chocolate sort of coffee flavor. Okay, but I'm struggling. Okay, like I said, don't- they do make. There is a stout. There's some stouts out there. Yep. That are light colored. Okay. Does this taste like what that what you would think that would be? Sorta. Of. Okay. So what do they call those? Now I'm at a loss. Well, okay. So it's not black. It's what? No, oh, it's it light. Light. Now in beer world and wine world, light things are called what? Uh, blanc or white white so so if it's could be a white ale or, or a, a white, white 
What's the other what's the other type of beer you've been talking about the entire time? Stout. White stout. So So it could be a white ale, could be a white stout, could be something off the wall. Yeah, I think it's off the wall. It could be. Okay. So So a blonde ale. Okay. White ale. Who makes a white stout? Can I Google it? <laughs> no. So are you call so you're gonna call it a white stout or a light stout or a blonde stout or a white stout? That's what I'm gonna have to go with. Okay. Uh unless it was like a white coffee stout. Okay. So you I so I'm gonna just say that you're calling it it's gonna be a within the white stout family. Yes. Okay. Which is this is rare. Where'd you go find this? <laughs> I'll never tell. Is this local? Is this local? It doesn't. I don't. It know. is not brewed locally, no, but okay. it can be bought in the state of Arkansas. Uh, obviously. <laughs> so, well, Dad has called That's this what... beer a white stout or a blonde stout. So you'll have to come back next week to figure out what, if he was correct, and what type of beer this was. There's definitely some chocolate in there too. <laughs> he's he's going to be chewing on this beer. For the I next am. thirty, for the next thirty minutes. Well, to... no, I don't have that much in my glass. <laughs> well, there's there's another can. Okay. Once again, we thank you guys for being here, and we hope you come back next week. So, Dad, what are we doing next week? So, I think we'll do Christmas liquors, holiday holiday liquors, holiday liquors. Okay, and what are you going to do? I'm gonna do peppermint snob. Okay, that's uh, you know, peppermint Christmas. Uh, those those just go right down the alley. Okay. Now, you know, I thought about doing maybe uh, Santa's Red Campari, but I'd X that out. <laughs> <laughs> just a just a straight up Campari. No, uh, peppermint not. Okay, and I'm going to be doing a coffee liqueur. Oh, okay, but I'm not. But it's not Kahlua. Okay, I'm going to be doing a a rum a a local coffee liqueur called uh, the Grind from from Rocktown. So I'm going to be doing the Rocktown, Rock the Grind. Okay, and I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll put them together and have a little peppermint coffee. There you go. Sounds good. Yeah. So come back next week. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a great old time doing holiday liqueurs, and who knows? And there may be some extras as we go along. But we, we very much appreciate y'all being here. Dad, I appreciate you two weeks ago doing the episode with Tamiko. And Tamiko, I really appreciate you being on and doing some gin cocktails. They all sounded really great. That gin fizz just looked looked fantastic. She did a great job yeah. shaking that thing. <laughs> That's the, you gotta gotta shake, get shake, that shake, shake, shake. Gotta get that dry shake going. And we hope that you guys are having a wonderful holiday season. We appreciate all of our new listeners who are out there. We have seen an explosion in downloads, and we are very, very grateful very appreciative. for all of you guys who have been coming to listen to us. We would love for you to reach out to us on the socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Most active on Instagram, we are at Acquired Tastings. On all of those, except for Twitter, where we're at Acquired Tasting. If you want to reach out to us by email, feel free to send us an email acquired tastings at gmail.com we love to hear from you guys we'd love to see pictures of what y'all are doing we this is the holiday season and we're finally able to get back with those families and friends for a lot of us who we've kind of missed and we would love to be a part of that bring a pairing 
or if you and your family would want to get together and do one of these pairings that would be fantastic if you do we would love to see those pictures tag us tag us tag us on all the socials we'd love to see that for you guys but we really appreciate you guys listening to us and we hope you're having a wonderful holiday season so once again i'm josh mills and i'm john mills and we'll see you next time thank you and goodbye